my background, my ability came back to say my story, what had happened to me, all those who had influenced me, both positive and negatively, right? I was able to disseminate information on an academic level. Great. Fantastic. But kids don't care what you know until they know you care. 100%. One of my, my mentors taught me that. People don't care what you know until they know you care. All right, AJ, let's get rocking, man. So you came to me via Dennis Moralda, who's been on the show before. I was on Dennis's show, Building Men Podcast. And dude, Dennis is, uh, Dennis is a connector, man. He's an orchestrator. He's introduced me to a lot of really great dudes that we've had on this show. So I'm really excited for you to be here and tell your story. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, dude. I mean, that's big D right there. Dennis Moralda, man, that's my boy, <laughs> Building Men. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> He and I connected on a high level leading up to our gala event. Um, so much so, I invited him to be our special guest speaker. And it was amazing. He did a great job. I love it. That's so cool, man. We want to be a part of your next gala event, however we can help and support you. I love what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you. On this, uh, let, let's just get rolling with your background and like how you became the man on purpose you are today because you weren't always that guy. And like I was telling you before we started recording, there are a lot of guys out there who think that it's just them. They right. think like they're sitting in their car right now. Or they're sitting at home right now. And they're like, nobody gets me. Nobody understands. And nobody's dealing with what I'm dealing with. And the answer is everybody's dealing with a version of what you're dealing with. There's only like 10 things that most people deal with. If you think about it, it's love, money, sex, relationships, communication, self-worth, self-love. There's only like 10 of them. Right. I know that everybody's dealing with one of those 10. And so like how'd this whole thing start for you? Like you were born in South Florida, right? Yep. So yeah. it's funny. So even when you say um, the isolation, that feeling of being alone, um, it, just to address what you just said, I had to say this. It's one of the things in, in our mentorship programs and dealing with young men and young women throughout South Florida for the many years we've been doing it. I always have to remind myself and even remind them, like, look, you're not alone. You're not the only one going through this. You know, that's um, that's a scheme. That's a that that's that psychological war warfare that you're going yeah. through where, you know, and just to make it common sense. And I'm like, there are seven point something billion people <laughs> on this planet. You really think you're the only one going through this? No way. No way. <laughs> you know, like, come on, guys. No I'm a math guy. So it's like that doesn't make any sense. So. I mean, even from the, the standpoint of being a man on purpose, I mean, that right there for me was profound. You know, that's why it was a no brainer to be on your podcast this morning, because I'm like, dude, I pride myself uh, yeah. at being a man who lives on purpose and for a purpose. Uh, but at the end of the day, when, you know, per your question is like, well, I wasn't a man on purpose my whole life. Why? Because I wasn't a man my whole life. Right. I was a child. I was a little boy. Um, yeah, and yeah. when you talk about my background, you know, growing up here in, well, today, not so sunny South Florida, because <laughs> uh, this is a rain monsoon. It was nasty outside today. You can see from the lighting. But, um, you know, growing up here in South Florida without a father, right, without a man to emulate, I had a very and I have a very strong mother, right, who every Father's Day, she reminds me that I need to buy her a card. Right. So, you know, she at an early age represented both because she was tough, you know, Jamaican, you know, I'm, I'm South Floridian by way of Jamaica, my mother, my whole family's Jamaican. And, you know, her being over here in a work visa and a school visa, uh, meeting the gentleman, 
who is, you know, that surrogate sperm donor, if you will, who she made a decision to not allow him really to influence my life in a negative way and him just not wanting to be participant in it. You know, she made a decision, right? And yeah. at that age, at an early age, being here in Opelaka, a low-income neighborhood, you know, growing up in the hood, around the corner was gangs and all types of drugs and alcohol and all types of crazy stuff that was going on right around the corner of our neighborhood. You know, it was it was a very tumultuous time in my life. Um, I joke sometimes when I talk about my background, you know, when Michael Vick got in trouble for uh, fighting pit bulls. And I'm like, what is that, dude? I was like, back in the hood, they used to fight us, right? They used to get kids. Right. Like, no joke. Seven, yeah. eight-year-olds, six, seven, eight-year-olds, they would pair us up and say fight. Damn, man. Uh, and that's how I grew up. Like, I grew up tough. So when my mom got remarried, I guess, and, and got us out of that area, I got exposed to a completely different lifestyle than I had ever seen before. I was going to a predominantly Hispanic school, a private school, um, thankfully because of the discipline my mother gave me. And even though I'm, you know, I'm six foot, 230 pound guy, obviously I played University of Miami football for years. Um, but during that track of going from my adolescence, going through those, those teenage years, recognizing I couldn't turn to my mother for everything, you know, there was that void that I sought out mentors. And yeah. that's exactly why I do what I do today, because I wouldn't be the man on purpose that I am today if it wasn't for those mentors I sought out. Do you ever blame your mom or do you ever have resentment or some kind of regret that your mom made that decision for you to not have that guy in your life? Dude, that's such a, I mean, of course, you know, the, the sure. simple answer is of course, like that yeah. something I battled with in my adult yeah. age, right? Um, now being a father myself, you know, I married a woman with a child, raised that child from the time he was, you know, a few years old. You know, that was something I did almost in uh, a compensation to prove something to myself that I was better than that man. But when I direct my attention to my mother, I recognize that I would be a, you know, a bit short, you know, almost yeah. disrespectful. I didn't know where it was coming from. You know, my wife, you know, my girlfriend at the time, she would point it out. And I didn't realize like those seeds of resentment that had grown over years is because yeah. I didn't have a father in my life and recognizing as I got older that. That was her decision, not my decision, right? Sure. I was an innocent child. Uh, and then, of course, there was a time in my life, I got to share this, but at 18 years old, I found out that once you turned 18, you could actually go find those sperm donors, if you will, those fathers, neglectful fathers, yeah. and like sue them, right? <laughs> Literally, yeah. I, I heard, I was like, wait, what? You can sue them for all the child support as an individual that they owe you, blah, blah, blah. So I was about to go after this cat. And out of her pride, she discouraged me from doing it, right? So now, I'm, I mean, I'm 40 years old, and it's like I couldn't pick this guy up in a lineup with my, to save my life. You know what I mean? So sure. that's absolutely something about it, but I'm mindful of it. I'm conscious to it now. I wasn't conscious to it before, so I can yeah. act accordingly and more purposely. So how did you – so for the, for the one guy maybe that's listening that's, that's, that had that same situation but isn't in the mindset space or the mind space that you are today – What's, what are the, what is the ways that you worked through that resentment and why do you, uh, is there a reason why you don't want to seek this guy out? So that's a good question. So, uh, first of all, we all remember Bo Jackson, yeah. right? Yeah. Bo knows sports. Bo knows everything. Yeah. Uh, I remember being a huge Bo Jackson fan back in the day. dude. I mean, a huge fan. Um, as I got older and he dropped his book. Right. This is after he was injured. He finally left, retired, whole nine. He dropped his book. I was reading the book and I couldn't even get past this one chapter where he was talking about his father. Right. And dude, it was 
so impactful. Yeah. When he talked about the fact that when he became the Bo Jackson that we all know, right, his father obviously reached out to him. Like his father caught wind, recognized the celebrity was his son, and he reached out to him and was trying to get in his life at that junction, at that point in his life when he's a multimillionaire, one of the yeah. biggest names in the U.S. and beyond. So, of course, this guy comes around like, yo, you know, hey, I'm your daddy. You know, you owe me something. <laughs> and if you know anything about Bo's story, he was a tough mother, right? Yeah. Like, he was a big, yep. so he completely cut this guy down, like cut him down all the way. He attributes, Bo Jackson, his book, he attributes his injuries, the fall of his uh, career because of what he did. Interesting. Like karma-wise? Yes. Energy-wise? Yeah. Wow. That energy, that, that negativity that he allowed yeah. to, to, to dictate his action at that time, transition, he, he accredits a lot of what happened to him because of that versus like, hey, Damn. letting that go, being able to forgive that person. Yeah, you don't have to do what it is that they're asking you to do. You don't have to, you know, in that regard. But at the end of the day, dude, your mother contributed part of your DNA. This man contributed another part. And you wouldn't be Bo Jackson if it wasn't for this guy's DNA, too. So True. honoring to some extent and recognizing, like, the circumstances back in those days were beyond you. You weren't there. A lot of times there's her story, his story, and then the truth, right? Yeah. So it's like, what, you're like, it's beyond you. So why dwell on that and allow it to dictate your life? Yeah. I mean, dude, sometimes I talk to people that hold their parents in such high regard. And I'll say, do you realize... Like, do you ever make stupid choices when you're 18, 20 years old? Right. Like, go out when I get wasted at a party and hook up with somebody? Yeah, of course. Well, your parents did the same thing. Right. They were just kids. They were kids. So I, I like, your, uh, I like your, your thought process on the forgiveness and faith piece and just, like, letting it go. Like, it, it, it happened. And I can either go down this road, which is not, like, 50 roads. It's, just, it's either a, I latch onto this and let this control me forever. Right. Or... I, I, I just I accept that this happened and I learned to let it go and it's not going to go away. Right. It's a parent tech. Well, whatever you want to say, parent, father, like it's a, it's the other 50% of why you're here, but you're not going to let it control your life. And that's a, that's a great thing, man. And I, I just, I really wanted to get specific on that for a second so that whoever in the audience needed to hear that today, they, yeah. they now, they now heard it, that they're not alone and they don't have to live with the resentment like they weren't good enough or like it was, they weren't worth it to have what others have or the dynamic that others have, which by the way, like we were talking about earlier, everybody's got their problems. Everything looks great on Facebook until you get in behind closed doors and the locks turn and you hear some real shit go down. You know what I mean? <laughs> Can't put a filter on real life, huh? <laughs> right. Right. So, um, all right. So then like grew up in Miami, uh, played for, um, Oh my God, I'm not, I'm not going to say it because I forget it and I'm not going to mess it up with the other Miami. So like, <laughs> what's the school? University of Miami, not the Miami University, University of Miami. University of Miami. Yeah, man. Hurricane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like this, just what, so, so how did all this stuff start to spin up? What did you do after, after college? Dude, I mean, even before the after college, like the post-college lifestyle, even to talk yeah. about my time there at UM. You know, I, I didn't go. This is not my claim to fame. Like, football was a moment in time for me that I'm proud of, you know, accomplishing that from the, the school that I came from, being one of the first people to go to a Division One college. But I didn't go to that college on an athletic scholarship. I went on an academic scholarship. 
right? Oh, well, nice. I mean, again, the discipline at home, my mom didn't play that, right? So you could not come home with a B. Let, we won't even talk about those other letters, right? A B was a problem right. already. So, you know, I had a 4.0 GPA. I had a very high SAT score. I was able to get recruited. But the concept of recruitment out of the community I was born and raised in versus the University of Miami having an engineering program and them saying, hey, let me take this black kid who has a 4.0 GPA and bring him into our program had nothing to do with caring about me. It had all yeah. to do with their own agenda and funding, right? And so it's like, yo, but you're a hurricane. You, you know, you bleed orange and green. It's all about the you. Yeah, of course, I'm proud of that time. My friends, the relationships, all the things that came about that time at UM. But I'm not, I, I have no like loyalty around the system because it is systematic. Now, yeah. we hear a lot about systematic racism. I'm not here to talk about the racism. That's an aspect that we all know about. But a lot of times we look over that first word, systematic. Sure. Right? These are systems that are not necessarily geared to supporting you. Right? They have a bottom line that they themselves have to push. Totally. Yeah, it's right? an agenda. They have an agenda. They're literally yeah. the education system. I had to share this. The other day, I looked up the top 10 industries in the U.S., the U.S. education system is number six as an industry. Think <laughs> about that, right? You yeah, got totally. medical industry, you got pharmaceuticals, you got all this other stuff. Four out of 10 of them are all medically based. But the fact that the education system is up there in that list says something. There's a bottom line that they push. Totally. So they pull me into this program. They don't evaluate my personality. They don't get to know me anymore. I'm just a, a piece of paper, right? As we all know, number, it's yeah. aspect. They stick me in this program that was not fitting for me at all, right? But that was my scholarship. I had to stick to it. Ended up playing football there for three years, got injured, came out of football, had to finish my degree, come to find out all those scholarships because I was on a full ride. All those scholarships expired after four years. No one told me that. Yeah. I thought as long as I was there, it was paid for. No. And then I don't have enough credits to graduate. Need another year, year and a half to finish up. Yeah. Ended up leaving the University of Miami with a, on a full scholarship. And went in with a full scholarship, left with $60,000 worth of debt to start my quote-unquote career. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So it's like that experience was almost traumatizing, bro. Like, honest to God, sure. I mean, there's so many different things that happened. It was traumatizing. It was like, what? I did everything quote-unquote right. I did everything you told me to do. I got the A's. I got the SAT score. I went to class. I did all these things. You wanted me to play football. I played football. I helped you win a yeah. championship. And I did all these things for you. How do I walk away with debt? You know? So yeah. after that, bro, I was burning. I was pissed. I was upset. I may have been mildly depressed and just trying to figure things out. I came out and guess what? Guess what I didn't do? Didn't go into engineering. Yeah. <laughs> Five and a half years. Why not? All the resources, didn't go into engineering. Is it because you were just chafed on and pissed off about it? I hated the degree. It didn't fit me. It didn't, it didn't match. I mean, yeah. imagine, bro, like with this personality, this body, everything that I am, <laughs> I hate logic design. I hate computer programming. I hate any, all of that stuff. I would love. I know, but you said you were a math guy. So I figured maybe the mathematics piece, I don't know. See that? You see that? And even mind you, you're not even an educator per se, right? right? And you would jump to that conclusion. Why would they like, okay, he's good at math. Put him in engineering. That's it. <laughs> like, you know, there's so no, many no, other no. I don't think you're good for engineering. I think, well, I, I'm not a great math student, so I wouldn't even, that Good wouldn't life. even be a part of that book that I read. 
But for you, like math, engineering, okay, that that mixes. Where can a math student fit into maybe an engineering program, maybe a math program, maybe computer science program? Yeah. And which which engineering program? Is it mechanical, civil? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. A whole slew of them, but you stuck me in electrical engineering because oh. it was the only major attached to music engineering because I'm a musician too. I played the piano, jazz saxophone, again, accredited to my mom, right? As a yep. music teacher herself. So renaissance type, you know, dude. And they're like, oh, let's put him in the music engineering program without evaluating my actual personality and getting to know me a little bit better. End up having a default to an audio electrical degree. But like you said, like exactly, like I'm agreeing with you where, hey, he's good at math, so maybe engineering. Great. But what are, what are the other options? What other choices do yeah, I have? It's, got, it's not a whole, it's not a one size fits all for sure. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So coming out, man, I was so, you know, angry about the situation. I was so, you know, just really pissed off. Um, but I found myself back in the community paying it forward. Like I found myself seeing other students that looked up to me, right? Here's AJ, man. He went to the U. Oh, great. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Let me tell you a story. Right. Yeah. And I would pay it forward. I would share it. And that's how all of this really came about. I mean, isn't that, I can tell you right now, and I tell people this all the time in our, in our mental purpose community on Facebook, like you sharing may be the most valuable thing to somebody in their entire life, more than money, more than relationships, like deep level relationships. This is still a relationship when you share. Sharing, like we're doing right now, it allows people to know that they're not alone. Because like we talked about in the beginning, even though it's not logical, in that moment, you're alone. You feel it. You're like really feeling it, sitting somewhere by yourself. You know, the worst part is like, I have some friends in New York City who have like major depression and they'll sit out on the street. They'll walk the streets with hundreds of thousands of people and have never felt more alone in a crowd of people. That's, that's scary. That's dangerous. Right. But when you share with somebody your life, things you've gotten, ways you've gotten through things like that could be the most valuable piece ever to somebody, right. you know, that's and, contribution and, to the max. And dude, when you say dangerous, that, that resonates with me so much because yeah. it's so it's so profound that you said that in the sense of it's dangerous to have that isolation, to isolate yourself, right? Like you said, yeah. it's not logical, but, you know, be it if it's feeling ashamed, um, prideful, whatever, whatever the case may be, whatever those natural organic feelings are, you isolate, right? You don't want anybody yeah. to know what you're going through, but it's so dangerous because no one can help you. No one can support you. No one can, you don't have anybody to lean on because you've isolated yourself and you're not sharing what's going on. So the only way for somebody to even step up and help uh, to, to, to interject or to get involved is if you share what you're going through. But how'd you learn how to share though? Cause I mean, I think most guys that go through that and feel not used, but um, like agenda sized. Yeah. And uh, if, is that, I don't think it's a word, but it sounds good it. in this it's context. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, you know, you're a part of an agenda, someone else's agenda. You feel used, you feel kind of worked over. I think a lot of guys would be really angry about that. I mean, yeah. I have been in the past and uh, what, what, what helped you or what, what changed your course to being someone that wanted to share versus getting out, getting back to the neighborhood and just having this fuck off or fuck this attitude towards yeah. society or school or whatever it was that, that did you wrong because technically everybody was doing you wrong your whole life. You know what I mean? Like not everybody, but you know what I mean? There's some major right. things yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah. like dad and school kind of cap ending 
like that that youth that's getting done wrong according to some book that somebody wrote somewhere that says this is the perfect life that you're supposed to have right right doesn't exist but yeah. like why why go out and start sharing with people instead of carrying resentment or anger or frustration and taking that to the community well i i mean to be honest with you first and foremost um, you know, growing up in the home, the household that I grew up in, my mother, um, she, she raised me in a very religious home, right? You know, Baptist, Christian, religion. Um, and as you and I were sharing, even before jumping on the podcast, like some of this uh, um, spiritual truth. So some of these really practical truths that can be discovered and found in these religions, like for all intents and purposes, right? I don't see myself at, at this age and growing up. Um, I found a place in a kind of a balance where I don't see myself as being religious, but I am very spiritual. And I believe that we can learn from all different types of aspects and all different types of fields. And, 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 and I mean, I could go through a day and be in meditation and watch a cloud, you know, cluster and then like speak to me, you know what I mean? And not to sound all like, yeah. you know, love, no, I love just, that dude. <laughs> it's just being open to the energy, you know, what's going on. So um, to your point, some of the practical principles I got, in that upbringing helped me to understand that I went through that season that you're talking about pissed off, angry, bad boy, screw the world. It's all about me. I'm gonna protect myself, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately when I have to look in the mirror every morning, right. In that private time when I'm alone, I'm like, this is not who I am. Not truly. This is not who I, you know, who I want to be for the rest of my life. So after some time, you know, whatever circumstances ended up transpiring, I'm like, dude, this is just, this sucks. Like, this is getting old. Like you said, going to the yeah. club every night, trying to chase yep. tail, getting drunk, you know, dodging the cops, like all this stuff. It's like, yo, it gets old after a while. It's fun for a minute, but it gets old. And then, I mean, one day I ended up at like this youth movement program that they were doing. And I, and I showed up and this dude walked out on stage with swag. He just came out with swag. And he, I was like, yo, who's this cat? And he started to talk and he delivered a powerful message. Right. And yeah. when you live this message, I'm like, I want that. Right. And that and for me, nice. again, growing up without a, having a father to emulate another man in my life to really emulate, I would seek out mentors. So I went to this. I kept going and kind of pursuing it and saying, look, dude, you're going to mentor me, bro. Like I'm here. Like I'm not going away. And for me, my agenda was I wanted what he had. I wanted that swag. I wanted how he was confident. I wanted that articulate you know, he was very articulate. I want to be, have that articulation. I wanted to be like that. So I ended up grouping with a lot of the young men who were essentially being mentored by him. And I, I literally walked in, I'm like, yo, I know you don't know me. My name's AJ. You're going to get to know me real quick. And I freaking pursued it like a rabid dog. Like I was like, I you're it. not getting rid of me. <laughs> and shout out to Monte Benjamin, shout out to Jason Torres. You know, some of my brothers to this day, where they look, they tell the story all the time. They looked at me like, man, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> like, what, why does he keep showing up here? And over time, I got more comfortable, opened up. We started to share and kind of relating. We were able to relate to each other's stories. And it was that brotherhood that really allowed me to kind of like start to open up and be more vulnerable. Yeah, dude, I love that. So let's talk about mentorship for a second. I say this all the time to people. And people say like, man, you, you repeated a lot of a lot of the same stuff, and I go, "Hey, yeah, it's easy stuff. It doesn't go away. <laughs> this stuff is the same application over and over. You evolve in it, but yeah. you take the same kind of medicine, and you're gonna evolve. And so, like mentorship for me, what I learned 
was that I, I got tired of following these guys that had certain things that I wanted or had the money that I wanted to one day acquire. Right. And I started to realize that that wasn't a sustainable model because they weren't really doing the work behind the scenes. They weren't sharing their most authentic self. They were right. sharing the shit that they thought would get you on board to now buy some product. Yep. And I had a lot of mentors like that. And that was fine because they got me to a certain point and they right. got me yeah. awareness of yeah. what I did and didn't want. So I have no, there's no qualms about that. No resentment, anger, nothing. But it wasn't until I said to myself, you know what, dude, you deserve better. And this is what resonates with, with your story. You deserve somebody to mentor you because you're great and you deserve great. And a guy that literally... Like my dad has always been my mentor, but my dad couldn't be my only mentor. I needed to go out and find other people. Right. And so somebody said to me once years ago, um, do you really know who your mentor is or do you just know like what they are? And I was like, fuck, wow. give me more detail. And they're like, no, you, you'll figure it out. When you figure it out, you'll know the answer to that. And I, dude, I obsessed over that. And what I realized was that these guys that I was following, they were shiny on the outside. They were talking about big money, big cars, houses, planes, yachts, all this stuff that I wanted. But I realized I wanted that because I thought that would make me feel safer in the world and that my anxiety and panic and stuff that I felt inside would be gone if I were on a private jet or a big ass yacht going to an right. island. I wouldn't have any problems after that. So I followed guys that were basically hustle porn stars that showed this hustle, 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 grind it fuck holidays, fuck your family, just grind it out. Right. And then when that guy said that to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, 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 I need to start following people based on who they really are off of Facebook at home. Like I said earlier, when the door is closed and locked, when that alarm goes on and they feel safe in their own home and they let their hair down and just, and they can dish it out. Right. And share. That's the guys I need to start following. And that, that is the, that's the journey that you and I are very similarly on because I learned from those guys how impactful that can be when you really can share with somebody and be there for somebody and hold a space for somebody. So I, like, I just applaud you so much for being on this path, man. And, and, uh, and we're going to get deep into it, but I, just, I wanted to just, just share that similarity and why you and I have connected so well because yeah. mentorship well is crucial. Everything. I mean, in fact, the, the name of the podcast, Man on Purpose, dude, and the way we were talking about before, you know, building men from Dennis and, you know, what you guys are doing is profound to me. It is critical. Uh, and there's a few things I want to say, first and foremost, with what's going on in our society, um, with a lot of what, uh, what's been publicized. Um, you know, we are supporting, you know, strong women and the women's movement. And we love our women. Again, single mom raised me, three aunts, sure. love my women all day long. Um, equality, all of those things. But we can't forget about our men. Yeah. Right? We can't forget about our men. We got to have men to even help raise these women, right? And these yeah. girls. We talk about it and joke about it. And, you know, it's, it, it has its, 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 its truth behind it, but like daddy issues, be, you know, be it of a girl or a man, or, you know what I mean? Either way. So it's like, we need to build our men. If we really want to build our society, we have to build up our men. And to your point that you were saying before, same thing, dude, I had, I had multiple mentors. Because remember, I was kind of like, I was Batman. Like, I'm going to go around. I'm motivated. I'm yeah. pissed off. <laughs> right? You know, in Batman's case, somebody killed his parents. So now he's got nothing to lose. Everything's been ripped away from him. For me, that truth is like, yo, University of Miami failed me. People are failing me. You know, no one's going to look out for your best interests. You got to look out for you. So I'm like, ah, okay. Now I'm going out there and I'm going to seek as many mentors and get any piece of what I want from them for me. Not that I'm going to 
follow them to the ends of the earth, right? And the wrong sure. they're doing behind scenes with their own mess. But like, okay, he's charismatic. I want that. Um, hey, he's articulate. I want that. Hey, he's really good at business. I want that. And I would take these components to build me. It's the same thing in jazz, right? When I play my music, yeah. bro, I hear, uh, uh, I can hear a guitarist. And I'm like, ooh, I like that lick. Can I get a piece of that on a sax? You know what I'm saying? And it's, I hear all these different composers and these artists. And I'm like, I like that. I like this. I like that. And then I make my own sound. Yep. You understand? And it's the same yep. component behind it. Yeah, I had the guys who were chasing, you know, the yachts and the money. Big and money, there were yeah. pieces of that, some of that ambition I wanted, but not all of it, right? Because I, I, I that was the reason why I went into business for myself. I went into business for self because for me and what I was going through, the therapy I needed for self was I needed to be available. As yeah. a man, I, I can't say screw your family. I want to have boys. I was always, I wanted to have boys. And I want to be available for my boy. So if daddy's chasing the dollar, chasing the bag, and he ain't here, I'm doing the same things to my son that was done to me. And it was about breaking that in some, in some regards and in some circles would say generational curses, right? I needed to break really? that. My, my life made sense. And this was my purpose now was like, what was done to me does not have to carry over to another generation. Right. And it's like, dude, yes. it literally took me from why was I born to this is what I was born to do. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the therapy, I mean, football was therapeutic, going on the field, laying people out, letting all that aggression out. But then when football ends, what do you do? Where do you put it? Right. It. And I, I and I'm, I'm blessed to say that I stumbled across mentoring because I was seeking mentors. I was academically inclined enough to help students. You see my shirt back there, that whole yeah. anti-tutor shirt, yeah, right? Yeah. And because underneath it says mentoring works, right? It ain't about the tutoring. It ain't about the ABCs and one, two, threes and the academic. It's about being able to reach that child and relate and connect. Because yeah. when you can connect on a deeper level, that child would want to perform and be more motivated to perform in a classroom. So it ain't about tutoring. It's about mentoring. And then things yeah. just kept evolving. And I felt fulfilled because now I get to take what I've been through and pour it and say, yo, here are my strengths. Here are my weaknesses. Here are my failures. Don't fall into the same traps I did. And now there's a purpose behind why I went through what I went through. Yeah, that's a great, uh, I'm not going to say spin. It's a great reframe of what has happened. Right. And my training for many years, my training has been, it's, it's not about what happened usually the 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 after effects or the story that you make up around what happened and so most people out there everybody out there i'm literally going to go out everybody out there yeah. is making up a story about some shit that happened and it's context it right yep. and it's construct absolutely I, I love that i've never really heard it like that like we don't need tutors we need mentors it's not about teaching this guy multiplication it's about allowing him to feel the space and the safety to share about his anger inside that will create a better man all day long. That's beautiful because dude, one of the biggest things in our, we have personal development coaching and we have business coaching. And one of the things that we say to people is look, you can hire us as business coaches all day long, but your business will only grow so far. It will only grow to the extent that you do. And right. if it does, because businesses do kind of, you know, the formula gets figured out and they take off you're now the tether. You're now the limiting factor on your business's growth. And you will be like a bungee cord pulling it backward toward you. If you right. don't go 
and try and get a front of it. So that's an, I never heard it put that way, but you're right. You can't teach kids surface level bullshit that actually won't help their internal. You must mentor them on the inside so that they can be better people on the outside, more evolved, elevated. That dude, that's, that's awesome. I was wondering, I was like, I got to ask him what that no tutor means. <laughs> <laughs> it was that, that uh, Ghostbuster spinoff design. You see yeah. that? Like the, the tutor word is like the ghost and so forth. And uh, yeah. it's funny because we've really been pushing. I, I, I feel wholeheartedly that mentoring is a true solution. It is yeah. a true solution across the board, dude. And with everything that's going on in our society, I am in the edge. I work alongside the education system. My original company, United Mentors, what we were always doing was providing academic mentoring as a supplement, right? And we yeah. all remember those teachers. We all remember those teachers that we, we can remember by, the, by their name today that that yeah. teacher made an impact for you. Everybody else, you've forgotten them. Yep. 100%. Right? And why did, that, why did that teacher make an impact in your life? What did they do that resonated with you on such a deep level that you remember them forever? Cared that about impact you. Say again? He cared, like, I, I remember Dr. Sterngold from college. He cared about Ian, not this, not student 22 in his class of 30. He, 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 called, he cared about me and asked me about me and right. pulled me off to the side and said, hey, man, I know this isn't for you. I know you're here and you don't want to be here, but you're a really smart guy. Get what you can out of this thing. I know exactly why you're here. I know exactly what you're designed to do in this world. You're going to figure it out, and I'm not going to grade you accordingly. Just understand wow. that. Like, I'm not going to be like the rest of these teachers that say, man, you keep failing these tests. Like, you're going to fail these tests because you don't give a shit about these tests because that's, that's not your thing. Exactly. So I'm watching you, and I'm watching your leadership. So when, you, when I see your leadership, I'm going to give you A's. If I see wow. you being a follower and just kind of joining the crowd, I'm not going to reward you for that. Right. And that, that, dude, that made a real impact on me. Real impact. Dude, and that's such me. an innovative way to come about it, and you have these profound yeah. – educators like the gentleman that you're referring to and even if they're not yeah. in education but these individuals who really want to impact like all that matters to them is that they're able to reach those children like but like sacrificing all else i mean i had one professor at the university of miami i never forget this guy dr alex andrikis older gentleman comes in we're in class we're talking and he's really trying to get through to us what it is that he's trying to teach that day a physics two or physics one class this guy gets up on a desk and we're all gasping because, like, he ain't young, right? This yeah. is, clearly, <laughs> this gentleman is well over 50, maybe even 60s, right? You know, he jumps up on the table, high table, probably like four feet off the ground, and jumps off, right? And he's like, this is gravity, class dismissed. Hmm. And we're just like, wait, what? That's, and we were so concerned about the lesson, the, 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 the all this stuff that we're going to have to learn, the, the exams, yeah. all this stuff. And he's like, get out of here. And it, it impacted us so much. Everybody showed up on time, ready to go, weeks on yeah. it. You never knew what this guy was going to do. That's the best part. When it's you predictable know? and you're like, God, another droning. Like, I remember my stats class, man, droning on. Uh, and the yeah. guy said to me, you know, you got a 40% on the last test. And I said, I, I understand, man. I couldn't be more bored here. Like, <laughs> you don't make me want to learn. This shit's boring to me anyway. Yeah. He said, well, I'll fail, I'll fail you. You can quit the class now. You have one day left for that, whatever that period is. And I said, uh, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be resourceful, and I'm going to go to summer school 
at the local community college back in Baltimore. I'm going to figure this shit out. I'm going to take this period off and go have fun. And I yeah. did, and I got straight, I got straight A's in, in, in all my math classes that I took at community colleges during the summer. And it's because I figured out a system, right? It's, it's, just put it that way. I figured out a system, but I do, you, 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 man, that's, that's so, uh, that's so awesome. How, how did you start that first uh, tutor slash mentor or mentor slash tutor company? So like, what did that, I, how did that come about? I mean, straight out of college, like straight out of college, I'd worked yeah. for various tutoring companies because my app, my math aptitude, I've always had a yeah. gift of being able to disseminate like complicated theoretical stuff to kids on a lower level, like bringing it down to their level. Right. My wife, yeah. she jokes all the time and she's like, you don't remember that time we were on a date and I was just looking at you in awe because you were literally on a cell phone <laughs> driving on I-95 tutoring trigonometry. I'm just driving. <laughs> and it was That's like, a I had a individual. Yeah. I mean, and, it, yeah. It, it, and I appreciate, you know, what it allows me and has allowed me to do, but then it goes beyond just the academics, right? The reason why yeah. that child was even open to receiving the support that they received from me wasn't just because they were failing the class and they were stressed out, right? It was because the connection I had made where they knew they could call me. I was going to be there for them, even on a, a heading on a date with my beautiful girlfriend. Hey, yeah, what do you need? Oh, yeah, I got you. Or let me call you back in an hour or whatever. There was somebody that was there going to get their back, right? And it was an impact. So that's why I was always kind of like, dude, this isn't tutoring. Like, this is so much yeah. more. This is so much more impactful. So right out of college, pissed off, like I said before, angry, don't know what to do next. Went back to my old high school football coach. Again, a mentor of mine, Don McNeil of the 72 Dolphins Super Bowl champions, right? Nice. Cool. Go back to Don McNeil, found out that he was suffering from MS. So I went to go check him to see how he was doing. Just because, again, he made an impact on me. I cared about him. I cared about his family. I go there. His daughter walks in crying. She's usually a straight-A student. Got a D on her trick test. Hmm. Pissed off, angry, so emotional. And Coach Mack was like, AJ, engineer, go help her. Right? And his daughter was like, little sister, we saw his daughter grow up. So I was like, yo, Jess, come over yeah. here. Let's talk. So I sit down. I'm like, yo, this is your notes? What, who gave you this? And just breaking down the system, right? The system, as you yep. alluded to before. Yeah, yeah, this is wrong. This doesn't make sense. Did you ask your teacher about this? And she didn't know. Usually she walks into class. She gets it. She's a smart girl. She gets an A every single time. This is the first time she's ever really had to work and understand, you know, understand the process, sure. right? Like, Jess, this isn't that hard you think it is. Broken down for her. She ends up getting a B in the class. Next thing you know, her mom tells the whole school that she's like the most connected lady in the whole school. And I'm working full time, probably making 50K a year avoiding engineering because I hated it and then going yeah. to business for myself. So that's how the whole thing got started. It was really because of connection made from a family that yeah. I really cared about. Well, it's also about your, your not only seeking of mentors, but your care for other people. Right. You know, and, and I mean, literally like people, people always say to me, um, like my mom even has told me, and I know my mom's going to listen to this and mom, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. It drove me. Like my mom would always tell me like, you're not great at math. Like you just don't put yourself into situations. I know she was trying to protect me from being hurt, you know, right. or getting fit or failure. But she always say like, you're not a great math student. Don't, don't put yourself into situations that are going to require a lot of math. But I can tell you right now that my entire business, my success, all of it is based on formulas and systems. And I became obsessive, not with math, right? Not with tutoring the surface, right? I became obsessed with how to create a formula out of things. How does that work? How does this work? If this goes this, this does, the, oh, okay. That's still math. 
Right. So I actually am very successful through mathematics, absolutely. formulaic equations, and I'm and not good at math logic, at all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, I mean, I go to show you because the young lady I was just talking about, you know, yep. she hated math at that time. She had a horrible experience with that teacher after the mentorship. You know what she does on a daily basis? Math. Yeah. <laughs> Literally yeah. for a career. But that's to prove your point is that I probably didn't like math because all of my math teachers, maybe except for one in high school, there it is. Boring as shit. There it is. A hundred percent. Just, I mean, think about being a math teacher and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying how hard is that to connect with kids like in that subject? So it's, I, it's I mean, dude, most it's, subjects are hard. I've been a math teacher straight out of college. <laughs> I, I did. I was teaching math. I was tutoring. You know, I was like, yeah, I can do this on the side. It'll help pay my car note, whatever. And to, I mean, to your point, like how hard is it? Absolutely. If you approach it from the standpoint of, I need to connect with these kids. Yeah, but they don't. If, if, now I got to come here and teach math. No, no, no. I got to yeah. connect with these kids if I'm going to teach math. Yeah, but that's not, but that's a mentor. Exactly. That's a mentor. Exactly. That, you know, that, that, there's a, um, most, most of the math teachers I've had, except for probably one, Mr. Blake in college, Mr. Blake made things fun. Just like your teacher that jumped off the desk. Yeah. It's so cool just thinking about like reminiscing. We would come in and never know what this guy is going to do. This guy could have his jacket on backwards. And <laughs> this guy could be like, this guy could be just like lounging out in a hammock in the classroom, like yeah. calling kids out on some dumb stuff, making everybody laugh. He made you feel comfortable. Like, I know that's what you're talking about. Like that, that kind of guy made me want to go to class. Everybody yeah. else was like, oh my God, man, I, I'm so bored in this class. You know, 95% yep. of them. And it was those people that it was those people that actually cared. Like that's what, that's why you're successful today because you found people that actually cared and cause you cared and you found people that would mentor you and kind of take you from where you were to where you wanted to go, but cared about you, the human, not just increasing your skills, your college experience. My college experience was simply the same, the, pretty much the same, not the same, but I, I wasn't satisfied with college. I loved my college, but I wasn't satisfied with the experience, the educational experience, education. because it's yeah. nobody said to me, Hey, look, man, even though you're going to a liberal arts college, I know, you know, that you don't need 90% of this shit. So we're going to be cool. And we're just going to allow you to go to like 30% of the things that you need. That's about it. And we're going to, we're going to put you on an entrepreneurial track right now, knowing that that's where you're cut. That's what you're designed to do. We're going to put you on that track. We're going, to, we're going to make you do a couple of things for the college that are entrepreneurial. You want to do that? I would have been like, oh, hell yeah. Let's Thank you very much. Right. You know why that doesn't happen? Two can't. reasons. They can't afford it. Yeah. Number one, let's just be real. This is America, capitalist society. They can't totally. afford it. And they can't afford it because they haven't designed a system that can afford it. Right. Yeah. So, Ian, this is where you yeah. and I relate on a high level, because even though they had the engineer, <laughs> One of the reasons why I would, I can get down that way is because process flow, right? Like right. you said, it's possible. If then, and you know, I've always been a solutionist like you, like right. we're solutionists. Like I want to break it down, figure it out. It's a blessing and a curse because my wife will tell you, oh my God, stop trying to solve my problem. Stop, right? But <laughs> right. in those scenarios where you're like, well, this is to me common sense. If you could really just take this and this and add these components, my whole desire for the Epic Foundation Right. Epic is experienced professionals impacting. That's why that eyes highlighted impacting yeah. communities. That's what Love Epic that. is. 
And dude, the Epic Foundation is a nonprofit organization that's geared towards ushering dynamic change to education. Because we feel it really sounds, you know, not to sound cliche, but it takes a village to raise a child. So if it takes a village to raise a child, we can't have just one teacher per 30 kids. That's not going to work, right? If anything, we need 30 teachers for one kid. That's expensive. How do we house that? Mentoring, community right. involvement, right? Yes. We have over-romanticized because of just how publicity, how our society has been geared. We have over-romanticized the educational system, which really, and for all intents and purposes, is a schooling system, right? School. You ever heard the phrase, like, don't let your schooling get in the way of your education? 100%. Right. Yep. And you have a lot of profound, gifted educators. And this is a big one. Yeah. That are no longer in education. They're in schooling. Right. A lot of these people yeah. left schooling, education all, all overall. They're in construction. They're in business. They're doing everything else. Real but estate, yeah. Because of the system. Yeah. And so who is in front of our students now? Who are in front of our kids? Who's teaching our kids now? A lot of people who've just defaulted. To teaching because of that phrase, people who can do, people who can't teach. Teach. Well, I don't want that person who can't in front of my kid. Like, I want that person who did it. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? I was a great teacher, and I'm not tooting my own horn because this is what the kids have told sure. me and the impact it was made. I was a good teacher not because of me, right? My background, my ability came back to say my story, what had happened to me, all those who had influenced me, both positive and negatively, Right. I was able to disseminate information on an academic level. Great. Fantastic. But kids don't care what you know until they know you care. 100%. One of my, my mentors taught me that. People don't care what you know until they know you care. And when we step in and step in a situation where now, like, if we can have a bunch of people who've actually experienced life, who've gone out there, who better suited to work with a kid in math than an engineer who uses it and can a a answer that question Oh, well, sir, how am I going to use this in life? Why am I learning this? I can answer that question. But the system can't afford an engineer to be in a classroom because they're only paying $35,000, $45,000 a year. Right. Yeah, I agree, man. I totally agree. And it's, it's interesting because they're like, my daughter is almost six. You know, we've had, my wife and I have had these discussions and I said, look, I don't want her to go to public school. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just am not into it because of my experience in public school, but I'm not not putting her in public school because I'm angry about my experience. I'm not putting her in public school because I learned from my experience. My daughter is me in a female form. Right. <laughs> she, that's not for her. Right. Not for her. Cause people say like, wow, you know, um, like I, when I was a real estate agent years ago, I would say, listen, I mean, it, schools are important if you plan on putting your kid in that school if you don't plan on putting your kid in that school school zones don't matter except for your resale and right. they'd be like well well why wouldn't we put our kid in that school I'm like oh i don't know i mean you have you have choices you don't have to put your kid in that public school just because right. it says it's a blue ribbon doesn't mean that it's right for your kid right exactly. so there has to be a, a i mean out here in california like there are very high rated public schools around me where i live I chose not to do that. I chose to put her in a really small private school that has like what you were talking about, a ton of different type of educators helping her through her journey of life. Right. And teaching her about all kinds of different things about herself within life. Not that she's just a cog in the wheel for life. That's a big differentiation that I wanted. And I heard from these guys at this school and I'm like, I'm writing the check right now. Let's go. And they're like, well, you're on a waiting list. And you're going to have to apply and all these other, and, and we did, man, we jumped through a lot of hoops to get her in this school and I'm really happy about it. So before we, uh, 
before we wrap, what let's talk about the Epic Foundation, man. I just I, I love what you're doing, and it's just it's so like I'm seeing the check behind you. I'm looking at the shirt. Like now it all makes sense. No tutor, like impact. I get it now. I there really it is. Get it. <laughs> well, listen, man. I appreciate the opportunity of being on with you today, man. This has been impactful sure. for me as well. You know, I'm looking forward to seeing this come out, and and we're gonna do our best to promote your organization as well. Love you know, it. I think there's a lot more that we can do together, hundred percent. You know, between, like I said, building man, yep. men on purpose, all these different things, these young men that I'm having to mentor in our organization is, is, is supporting because as you said about your daughter, and I thought it was so powerful that you shared that, man, I appreciate that vulnerability. I appreciate you, you know, letting us in, into your house. You know, he's got a daughter who is yeah, yeah. a female version of him. That's a scary thought, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you are able, right? Fortunately, you are capable of sending your daughter to a private school as an option. Fortunately, yeah, well, I built a business. I built a business around that for that reason. A hundred percent. Exactly. And yeah. the same thing for me, for me, it was like with my oldest son who I raised right right now, he's going through a struggle of transitioning from, Hey, I, the basketball scholarship didn't come through for me. What do I do next? Right. Et cetera. And it was like, for me, helping these children under these various circumstances have more options well, yeah. we know that there are a lot of limitations when you go to a low to moderate income neighborhood and population. Sure. We have sure. a lot of these kids that are disadvantaged, underreported, underrepresented, underprivileged, all these terms, right? And when COVID dropped, for example, because Epic was always a scholarship fund, as I as you see the big check next to me, right? We were giving out money left and right, dude. We've helped support over 250 kids to date, right? We've given away, we've given away, we've scholarship and gave, given financial aid over hundreds of thousands of dollars at this point, right? Doing this from 2014. And even before we were even incorporated as the Epic Foundation, we were supporting the community. This was, you know, me and my wife and our household giving our 10% back. You know, that's how everything got started. We had other friends and family and colleagues who said, man, that's really cool. I want to do the same thing, right? And we aligned, we partnered, we got incorporated, we got the 51C3. We started to just organize our resources, putting our resources together to say, how can we, how can we support the community? Because we got kids, we were kids. We understand the detriment. We have kids now. We understand the detriments even more so, right? How are we going to support our community's children? Because you have a generation of children that are disadvantaged. You have a large sum of kids that can't afford tutoring. They can't afford their parents and their families can't afford to send them to that private school or that magnet program that they need to go to, right? Yeah. So who's there to make sure that there is equality around their education? And that's where the Epic Foundation started. And I would say this, there's a ton of nonprofit organizations, amazing nonprofit organizations that exist out there. But I find that a lot of them are in their independent silos and creates these cracks that turn into gaps, that turn into voids and even black holes where these kids mm -hmm. fall through, right? And then we lose track of them until one day they show up at your school campus and shoot everybody. Jeez, man. Yeah. That's what's happening in our society. If we don't step up, we're just a part of the problem. Because yeah. we can't just lean on the system and say, well, do better. Let me continue to complain about it and the politics and all that other bull. We got to step up and do something about it. For me, that's what Epic was. It was like, look, if we can take us and organize us where every child deserves a mentor or two, right? Really? To, to help them balance out what's going on in life, to be there, a sounding board, to fill any gaps and voids, we'd have a lot less of these issues. And that's why we started the Epic Foundation. And we have done scholarships forever. We have pivoted towards mentorship programs because, you know, that's my wheelhouse. That's what I do. And that's now great. even more so, bro, 
The last end of the cog is now career pathways. We are exposing these children to the multiple viable options that the school system is not geared towards telling them. Why? Because it's a threat. The system's bottom line is about graduation rates and college acceptance. That's how they make their money. That's how they keep their funding. Right? So why in the hell would they tell you, well, son, maybe this would be a viable track. Don't go to college. Why why would they tell you that? There's no way in hell they're going to tell you that. They're not going to promote that. So we do. I have a meeting today, this afternoon, with ABCI construction. Uh, it's the associate builders and contractors, because again, all these workforce issues and all these situations. I'm like, dude, if I knew then, mentoring. If I knew then what yeah. I know now, I wouldn't have gone to UM. I wouldn't have pursued engineering. I would have done that. I would have went and made some money for my household, right, yep. to make sure I could take care of my mom. I would have gone back and gotten that degree later, because again, the way we are, Ian, you and I, we could use the system to our advantage, not let the system use us. Uh, dude. But, but, but the scholastic agenda isn't as yeah. powerful as the societal agenda, which is you got to get that college degree if you want to get, get anybody in. I mean, even my dad, who's a serial entrepreneur, who, who literally said to me, like, I'm not really that. I don't care about it. But I'm telling you right now, society says you got to have that piece of paper and I'm going to pay for it. So just go. Just get go. the piece of paper and you can do whatever you want with that. But, but at least you have the piece of paper to fall back on if you need it. Cause that's society we live in. Right. But society doesn't want you having options. They want your ass in a job in a W2 paying your fair share and getting up every morning and following that system. And yeah. those of us that, that buck against the system, we're usually trying try to, we're, we're cast out for the most part for a while until we figure out our formula dial it in and we go, Hey, now we're giving back at a much higher level than anybody else is like exactly. what you're doing. Exactly. You're a, you're a, you're a, you're the rejected product down the assembly line. I'm the rejected product down the assembly line. The one, the avocado that didn't pass mustard that they just threw away. Right. Until it sprouted and joined together and said, no, fuck this, man. We're going to go out and we're going to make a real difference in the world. I mean, look, I, dude, I was a real estate agent living my life, hating almost every minute going, this isn't me. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. If I die today, I've left no impact on this planet. I've done nothing for this world. And then the moment I released, this is for the audience too. The moment I released the outcome and that my identity as a real estate agent and the money, the type of money that I was making, mental purpose showed up literally like mental purpose showed up beginning of 2020 and I already had a coaching business for like four years and I was already coaching at a pretty high level. I was making pretty good money, serious money. When I said, you know what? Real estate is really the means to an end. Right. And I'm just going to be open to what that end looks like and the new beginning looks like. And mental purpose literally showed up. Dude, if I can speak towards those individuals, because we always talk, and I mean, I, I appreciate everything you're sharing with the community and with sure. your audience. And if I can speak towards, you know, those mini AJs and, and mini AMs that exist out there, um, because to your point, when you're talking about the assembly line, right, the rejected yeah. product, Kid. based on paper, right, I was the ideal avocado, but yeah. yet your assembly line still rejected me. Yes. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. wait a minute. This is what you wanted. This is the product you want to right. make money off of. But yet, how did I end up on the floor sprouting you off a tree? Like you said, yeah. something's wrong with your system. Yeah. Right. If your system is specifically rejecting these because it doesn't want it, got it. Well, that's a part of your system. That's what you want. That's how you wanted it to play out. 
Yeah, yeah. But I, I, on paper, my transcript was solid, bro. I had every superlative. I had a 4.0. I did everything you tell me to do. I was a perfect avocado, yet I still fell in the midst of all the other rejects. And it was like, it was baffling. It was like, wait a minute, it doesn't make any sense. So I, no, but- I talked to those specifically because I want to encourage them and help them understand that it's the systematic aspect that is not necessarily for you. And as long as you educate yourself, if you're more aware, yeah, right, of what's going on, like you did, you had to go find out that you could have gone to that summer class at a community yeah. college. You had to go and do that. Re- you had to know. And it's funny because we got a generation of rejects, quote unquote. Yeah. Right. Where the older generation, the people who own these corporations who are hiring this generation, right? The 16, 17, 18 year olds who need to go to college, who end up being the 18 to 22 year olds who come out with degrees, ends up being the 22 to 24 year olds who get the master's and get hired and get it up. This older generation who has to evaluate their transcripts, their resumes, and hire them, they're looking at this generation now, this younger generation, whatever the hell they deem it now, and they have this bad connotation. Oh, they don't want to work hard. Oh, they've got such a nasty, like, concept of what this generation is and i'm like do you understand that this generation has recognized that the system doesn't work right we were just there doing what we were supposed to do and mom and dad were like hey you better go get that degree i'll pay for it and they're like no because you know what i have access to this thing and this shows me (laughs) that there's a lot of rich people who didn't go so i'm not as i'm even less motivated now right it's the information age right so it's like what type of information should we be pumping out to help these kids? They're like, you know what, son? You're right. Yeah. You may not need this. Now, maybe you want to invest in this because of X, Y, Z, but that's not the only track. Here's another option. Do this, then go back after. Or if you get the scholarship, you're not going to have to pay for it. Damn sure no, do it now, right? Because that's going to go away if you don't take advantage of it now. But if it ain't there, don't go in debt. Go do something else and then pay for it later. Agreed. Agreed. So it's what kind of and so also. Say again. Well, dude, the, the the mentor piece for us as well is is teaching, especially young men, how to understand themselves and trust and have faith in their own decisions, whether right or wrong, or serving or non-serving, right? Right. But because because like the the societal um, rejection lever didn't kick you and I off the assembly line, the universal one did. It right. did us a freaking favor and a half. Yeah. And so that's that's something that that everybody listening needs to understand is society didn't reject you. The universe yeah. did you a favor and said, this isn't your path. We don't want you to go to a cubicle where you're going to be like have murderous rage every day. Exactly. We're going to reject you right now and we're going to make it look like society has rejected you or that scholastics or whatever has rejected you or the corporate world has rejected you. The corporate world would have never picked me up. I was lucky to get into the couple colleges I did because my grades were so bad in high school that the system rejected me immediately. But it wasn't the system rejecting me because I could have talked my way into a corporate job, a sales job. It was the universe saying, hey, bro, I'm going to do you a favor and I'm going to kick you off this assembly line that you're trying to ride down because you think that's what you're supposed to do. And I know your defiance is kicking and I know that you're terrified of having to be someone's like puppet, someone's like show up here take your lunch here, ask to go to the bathroom. That scared me more than anything in the world, anything in the world, having to be controlled by somebody else's like idea of what I should be doing, how much I should be making, like not in, not happening. The universe said, there you go. Now you're going to have to figure it out. You're going to have to climb back up on your own, but I found great mentors and I found great people that guided me. And that is what is back. 
and they reached back yeah. and they pulled you up and they paid it forward, dude. And that's what it's about. That's what this society is really supposed to be about. Right. So we're supposed to be well, helping we're the, doing. the next person, the next generation in that way. And dude, that's totally. why I, I founded Epic. This is why we're doing what we're doing. This is why we've had a chance to really prove a concept because even when we got kicked off that assembly line and we looked yeah. back up, like, why the hell am I not up there? And we climbed back up for it. We started to recognize the issues and how we could be better. So our rejection became our value. Yeah. Right. And a lot yeah, of times totally. we become invaluable because we recognize what is wrong with the system. Right. And we can come back in. So that's the, like what happened with me. This is another conversation for another day. But what happened with me at the University of Miami, dude, it wasn't until maybe like sometime this year I realized like, man, it had to go down the way it did. Totally. I, I'm, I, I don't quit things. I don't know how to quit. So it yeah. had to go down the way it did for me to get off that team because I wouldn't have quit otherwise. And I would have been in a worse place if I didn't. So the universe yeah. had to be like, dude, this guy, he ain't going to quit. So we got to like make him quit so yeah, that he yeah, realized yeah. the value on, of it later on in life. But at the time, you're angry. You're pissed off. It doesn't make sense to you. It doesn't compute. And it's like there's you don't have that ability to really process it. So there's that faith filled almost falling back on trust. Like, yo, maybe it's bigger than me. Maybe there's yeah. something bigger going on that I can trust and I can kind of fall in. Because I used to talk about that gut instinct. And I use yeah. gut like an acronym. Basically, everything in my life is an acronym. So gut was God the <laughs> biased truths. Huh. Right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I like it. unbiased, meaning you may not like it, but I'm a, it's going to happen and you're gonna, it's going to go on yeah. anyway. But it's the truth. It's truth that you needed to overcome your reality in the situation that you weren't seeing. I mean, but at that point, it's up to you yeah. to either think it happened to you or for you. Correct. Yep, that's a decision. And Absolutely. looking back, hindsight, I see how exactly it happened for me. During it, I'm like, why is this happening to me? Right. Why can't I get it? Why can't I get in there? I so that's the reframe, dude. Listen, I I we could talk for hours. We're okay. gonna have another one of these, <laughs> and we're gonna do some stuff together. I I I make that commitment right now. Like whatever you need from us, we're we're here to help you. You need us to to come to Miami, speak on your behalf, do something like no problem. And, and, and I, that includes Aaron too. Aaron's a, a phenomenal speaker and mentor. And like, That's so, awesome. uh, we, we got your back, man. We, we definitely support the Epic foundation and whatever we can do, you know, you got us. I appreciate it, man. And again, let everybody yeah. know they can follow us online, right? Social media website, epicsouthflorida.org. That's our website. Check us out, get connected. You know, we're a foundation. We're always looking for contributions, but we're really more than anything else looking for partnerships. We're looking for people who can get down with what we're getting down with, trying to change the world, trying to make an impact on America's education system as a whole, get involved, right? Uh, at Epic South Florida on Instagram, Epic SFL, the shorthand on Facebook. Uh, we're here to make a tremendous and a very dynamic impact. So if you want to make your, uh, your impact dynamic, join Team Epic. E-P-I-C-S-F-L, right? Yeah, if you're doing Facebook, it's shorthand S-F-L. Um, on Instagram, it's spelled all the way out. Epic South Florida spelled all the way out. Just like our website. Sick. I love it, man. Dude, AJ, it was a pleasure. Real pleasure, man. A real pleasure talking to you. I appreciate your time. appreciate you being on, doing what you're doing for the world, for your communities. And, and uh, we're going to do a lot of cool stuff together, man. I'm excited. Well, bro, I'm, I'm down to come out there to, sunny, to the other sunny uh uh florida <laughs> handle i feel like california so so kyle all day you let me know because right now we say it's epic south florida but it's the epic foundation man and we want to take this thing nationwide so we're looking forward to being able to connect real real soon okay yeah epic southern california i love it man i'm in Let's do it
<laughs> so oh, let's go. <laughs> All right, dude. Thanks for being here. And uh, audience, we'll catch you on the next one.